Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast, live from the epicenter of the pandemic in Brooklyn, New York. I am your host and MC, Jason Koo. We were celebrating our seventh anniversary Yop, led by my former teacher, Edward Hirsch, on April 13th. We were, of course, doing this virtually via everyone's favorite video conferencing app, Zoom. And uh, we were not at 61 Local, but we were raising money to support our longtime venue partner, 61 Local, who is running a GoFundMe to support their staff. This month's open mic lineup featured Sebastian Bernard, Julia Knobloch, Tawanga Leslie, Morgan Boyle, Jesse Bailey, Ree McBride, Joanne Mazuela, Harvey Sauce, Melody Chaikali, Dennis McGuire, Eric Acevedo, Rita A. Simmons, Judy Schneier, Sharon M. Chin, Dan Varley, Kiara DeLalo, Preeti Shah, Arthur Russell, Julie Hart, Kyle Brosnahan, Jordan Franklin, Melanie Lee, Marietta Brill, Hannah Ingram, and Kayla Schwab. So uh, I just want to prepare you that our sound quality is not uh, our best sound quality ever, but it's actually uh, pretty listenable. I've done a lot of editing uh, to make sure a lot of the glitches and uh, hisses and silences have been cut out. Uh, So I hope you enjoy it. This is our first ever virtual yawp. Be kind, be patient as you listen to this, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. This is the beginning of our podcast. This is the first time we have done the YAP virtually. Uh, we are recording the YAP uh, as a stream, and we are also recording the audio file, which we will publish as the YAPcast. If you don't know about the YAPcast, it is a podcast of the YAP Open Mic. Uh, we publish it on iTunes and uh, on SoundCloud. You can check it out on SoundCloud. Um, what was I going to say? I've already lost my train of thought. I am Jason Koo, if you don't know who I am. Uh, we have some illustrious readers reading tonight, including Edward Hirsch, who many of you just took that workshop with. We're going to try to get to as many people on the wait list as possible. Um, what we do every month besides recording the Yop open mic as a podcast, we also vote for poem of the month. So the way we are going to vote for poem of the month is the same way we usually vote, which is just by text message, because I'm afraid the votes are going to get lost in the chat. So if you want to vote for poem of the month, I'm going to give you my business cell phone number right now. You will see it in the chat. I will repeat that throughout the night. But uh, the nice thing about having the chat is the number is recorded there. So I don't have to say it like a bajillion times. But I ask that you wait until the end of the open mic to vote for poem of the month. You can just give me the poet's name or the title of the poem. The poet's name is probably going to be the most easy thing to remember. Uh, one of the nice things about having the yacht being virtual is this month we can actually share the text of the poems with all of you. So I'm going to, uh, do that now. So you should see on your screen, the poems starting with Ed's. I'm going to try to make, I guess that's about as big as it gets. <laughs> um, 
So you will see for each of our readers, their name, a short bio, uh, and then the poems. Uh, well, Ed has poems since he is the feature. Everyone else is just going to share one poem. So at the end of the night, I will go over all the names and just scroll back through the poems. It's a lot, lot easier to vote now because you'll actually see the names in front of you. And I'll ask each of the, the readers just to say a quick hello. Um, what else? Uh, Arthur, what am I forgetting? You're usually the one that tells me what I'm forgetting. Are you there? You can unmute yourself, Arthur, just to yeah, tell I me. Just, what I, I don't think you've forgotten anything. <laughs> uh, I did want to say, because some people, how are you, Arthur, by the way? Good. Everything's good. Looking good. Are you in Jersey? In Nutley, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nutley, New Jersey. Nutley's finest with us tonight. I did want to say, because many of you have asked about uh, donating to 61 Local, you see this uh, fundraiser they've started, the GoFundMe. They have a $25,000 goal. They've raised $2,896. Uh, it's not great, but we have raised over $1,000 for them tonight. Well, not just tonight, but over the last couple of weeks. So thank you to all of you who have registered and paid for this. Uh, we're matching all your donations, also donating a little bit on top of that. Thank you to Ed Hirsch for donating his teaching fee which we are also adding to the pot. So basically we are adding to their GoFundMe uh, more than a third of what they've raised so far. So I'm sure they're gonna be incredibly grateful for all of you uh, for doing that. Uh, if you wanna donate more, you can go to this website. Uh, you can see the URL up here. Just Google 61 Local GoFundMe and you will find it. Uh, or if you can see the URL right here, just click on it right now. Uh, if you want to donate more, you don't have to. Uh, some of you have asked, so I thought I'd share it. Again, we are recording uh, and we also have this uh, closed captions. So if you would like to see the captions, you can do that through your toolbar. Click on closed captions and show subtitle. You should be able to see that. Um, okay, I think that is all, unless I'm forgetting anything, Arthur. We'll only know once we start. <laughs> Are you excited not to have to adjust the mic tonight? No, I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> I may stand up between readers anyway. Um, yes. Um, okay, so our first reader is our feature tonight. I'm sure many of you know Edward Hirsch's work already. Uh, he is a poet that I've been reading for a long time. He is the reason I went to grad school at the University of Houston. I was a, a young pup in New York City thinking that, not really thinking I would become a lawyer, but thinking that my parents thought I would become a lawyer. And uh, paralegaling at the small law firm in the, the Rockefeller, oh, not a small law firm, but a mid-sized law firm in the Rockefeller Center, and wondering what the hell I was going to do with my life. And then one day I went into Borders, if you remember that store, uh, and uh, found Edward Hirsch's book On Love. I think that was his new book at the time. And uh, I think the first poem I opened to was a poem he wrote uh, about Hart Crane, who was my favorite poet, still my favorite poet. Um, loved that poem, started reading Ed's work, realized he was actually alive and teaching at an MFA program and I could go study with him. So uh, I'm very excited to have Ed with us tonight, not only to teach our workshop, but to read these poems uh, from his new book. So Ed, we will turn it over to you. Jason, you're reminding me of how I was called in to talk to your parents and help explain why you were going to be a poet and why you weren't going to be a lawyer and why I thought that was a good idea and how they looked at me when I tried to explain this. I hadn't had such an experience since I tried to tell my own parents that I was going to be a poet and not a lawyer. It's the same, exactly the same thing. Skepticism. It's intense. 
Well, look at me now. (laughs) Look at you now. I'm very glad to be with you all. I have to say it's um, very heartening and encouraging. It makes you feel like yourself a little bit when things are so weird to actually come together, even virtually, to talk about poetry. When I'm talking about poetry with people, I feel my life is actually sort of reassured, and I recognize who I am, and I recognize you, and I think we can meet in some kind of way that feels familiar to me, and that the world doesn't actually come to an end. So I've, um, I've chosen three poems for my new book, all about poetry in one way or another. The first poem is called In the Valley, and it's about the first day I taught school in um, Pennsylvania Poets in the Schools when I was 25. I was sort of stunned that anyone let me teach poetry. And so I, this is day one. What was teaching in that first Pennsylvania winter, but listening to directions and learning how to drive on icy two-lane roads from Easton to Bethlehem. You were tested by a deer standing starkly on the yellow line and a dead opossum freezing in the gravel and the radio playing spirituals about going home on a lonesome highway. The the sun skidded to a halt in the smokestacks over the river. And I can still see you climbing the snowy hills coasting past the empty factories and abandoned warehouses to a Catholic school on the edge of town. You were a skeptic in the Valley of the Lord who carried pied beauty in your jacket pocket and drank scalding coffee in the teacher's lounge with two old priests and a lanky young nun who played pickup basketball and noticed all things counter, original, spare, strange. What was teaching but quieting a classroom and learning how to stand at a blackboard with an open book and praise the unfathomable mystery of being to children writing poems or prayers in the failing blue light of a weekday afternoon? I hope you all got the comedy of the fact that they sent me on the first day of school to teach in a Catholic school. I did. Yeah. Um, So this is called The Task. The task is writing poetry in a way you never, spending your life in it in a way you never thought you were going to. You never expected to spend so many hours staring down an empty sheet of lined paper in the harsh inner light of an all-night diner, ruining your heart over mug after mug mug of bitter coffee and reading Master Eckhart or St. John of the Cross, or some other mystic of nothingness in a brightly colored booth next to a window, looking out at a deserted off-ramp or unfinished bridge or garish and lit parking lot, backing up on Detroit or Houston or some other city forsaken at 3 a.m. with loners and insomniacs facing the darkness of an interminable night that stretched into months and years. This is called the Guild. Um, you're young, and and um, and uh, and uh, I'm not. And one of the things that never occurred to me is that um, you spend your life sharing poems with people and your friends, some of your elders. But then they start dying on you, and um, the loss is is tremendous. And so this is a sort of looking back retrospectively of. A lot of the experiences I had sharing poems with people over the years. It's called The Guild. 
And it's sort of, I wanted to read it because it's sort of a testimony to our group and the guild of people who want to write poems and share them and argue over them and fight over them and, and, and for whom it means something. Goodbye to the years we spent leaning over badly typed poems in cramped studies and dank hotel rooms, half crazed, inconsolable, constantly jabbing pencils at each other, brooding, smoking on the balcony across from a temple on the other side of the river, one night in Rome, loyal or disloyal to the old gods, our flawed mentors, our weakness for standing at the podium seeking applause, slashing lines, reciting Blake or Yates, giving up sleep for late night sessions, listening to Coltrane, gossiping about new books and poets who've been dead for centuries, facing each other knee to knee, or sitting side by side over each fresh draft, furiously arguing about this enjambment or that illusion, mysteries of the craft, the muse, our shoulders touching, our voices growing hoarse with laughter, or walking out to the pier a few yards from the sea so that we could stand there together under the stars, alone with the abyss. Thanks, everybody. Okay, thank you. Alone with the abyss. I like that you ended with alone with the abyss rather than together under the stars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that seems very revealing. <laughs> Interesting choice. <laughs> Definitely how I would have ended too. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Ed. We're on to uh, Sebastian Bernard over in Turkey, where I believe it is 3.30 a.m. Is that correct? <laughs> so, do I start reading? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> that was my <laughs> intro. <laughs> the fact that <laughs> okay, this is called uh, Odology to My Ex's Past. The four scars on his back, almost in perfect rows. I can't bring myself to ask about for weeks. Flutter, gossamer, grace, all I am able to love. Not wishing to ruin the country we're inventing because these things aren't taught. No guidebook on when disaster meets its share and hold all my stars. He didn't talk to his father. Was that the crime? In perfect rows, one day I muster the strength to stroke. Ask, he says, it happened during puberty when he sprouted up so quickly his skin couldn't keep up. The joy of his nakedness then this milestone of adolescence, four pale, Sorry. four pale cirrus clouds, erasing the four horsemen of what we see when we can't for the life of us speak. Neither of us knew our fathers well, they too the sons of exile. It's the anniversary of Milai on a day we decide to order in. Lin's grandma was from the south, and grandpa likely one of the soldiers stationed in Saigon, then sent out north, but met her when he was, and she was. How many Milais, despite the fact what she means words were on the eve of the inversion, invasion, were that if the Americans want to make war, then that's that. If peace, we shall invite them to afternoon tea. It's only now some remember Agent Orange, Four million exposed to the defoliant that continues to cause abnormalities of the back and skin. What of trauma that twists its helix roots through generations 
unreleased until both of you fall. Not in love at first, that's complicated in the 20-something century, but shared survival, the country of your making, where before your forefathers were not welcome or terrorized from, their blood that limbo, death or exile, then love, where all that is untold tsunamis into a broken please or yes, the injunction to bind, sweat, kneel, fold, suck, caress, in the midst of a hopeless collective edifice, a Xanadu armed to its teeth, your teeth plying laces to worship, for a price of life you continue to share, distance, assassin, healer. So tell the space between you and I, don't ask me how we got here, that vertigo so recent in history, so ancient and bruised in song we call freedom. Look how much courage, how much binding tissue we're capable of, I try. And here across, and here across our special distance, the voice with which you said, at the age of 10 or 11, you grew so quickly, you surprised your family, your skin. Thank you, Sebastian. That was beautiful. Sorry Thank for the you. difficulties. No, it's fine. Um, you might want to go to bed now, <laughs> but, but feel free to stick around. I'll, I'll stick around. Um, Emily Blair, I saw your chat message. Uh, I apologize for all of the little squiggles. <laughs> we had a PDF ready, but then Sebastian wanted to switch out his poem. So I switched, I'm using the Word doc now. So that's why you see some of right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the poems. <laughs> it's just that Microsoft Word doesn't recognize I don't, pine cones. What's wrong with pine cones there? But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it would take too much switching around to convert this to a PDF right now. I don't want to do that. So. We will turn it over to Julia Knobloch, our current Yawper of the Year. She would usually read later, but she's going to have to take off at some point. In fact, I think you need to take off pretty soon. So, Julia, take it away. Thanks so much, uh, Jason. Thanks so much for moving me up. Um, so the poem title is Wannsee, and it um, takes its title from a lake in Berlin, um, which is called Wannsee. And um, it's also um, known for the Wannsee Conference in 1942, where the Nazis um, decided the total destruction of the Jewish people. Wannsee. Sheep clouds and sandy light, white sails and motorboats. This summer escape was built in 1907 for the working class of Berlin who couldn't afford the Baltic Sea. Then and now a crowded beach, young women posing in deck chairs, pine cones, yellow flowers, Soda fizzing red and green in leafy shadows. One afternoon, we plowed, we plowed arms hooked through shallow water. The ferry to Peacock Island cruising in the distance. Reed grass rustling in the sudden silence. That's how you find a drowned body, the lifeguard said, by marching as one long chain of humans. The loudspeaker blared the parents of little Mary, dotted swimsuit, four years old, we're waiting for her at the lifeguard station. And I thought of the cheery post-war tune sung by an eight-year-old, the little Cornelia, about children riding their bikes out to Wannsee underneath the canopy of pines and patches of blue sky. The song didn't exist in 1942, neither did little Cornelia, and it was January. The beach across the lake closed for the season, but the view and shoreline were the same. Did any of them let their mind wander to the summer ahead, to riding their bikes through the forest, 
running into the cool, soft bunsie, lifting their daughter up into the air, water dripping from her blonde curls. Thank you, Julia. It's good to see you in Sunset Park. Yes, Sunset Park. The sun has set. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Julia. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, we're on to Tawanga Leslie. How are you, Tawanga? I am good. How are you, Jason? Can you yes. hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, I appreciate you guys doing it, and I appreciate um, that we're making it more accessible with having all these poems. Yes. One line came to me that isn't in the Word doc, and I was wondering if you mind if I add it. Go ahead and add it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so this poem, um, just for backstory, was inspired by the current crisis in a way, but as a queer man, I feel like there's a different resonance, and people have written on this of having thought about viruses for a very long time and the idea of you know ways that you might want to be together socially always being tinged with um, an element of danger and i've been feeling that especially with you know whenever i go out i look at who's wearing masks who's not are people on spring break in florida um, and this element of judgment and stigmatization and um, fear that i think can be very divisive um, and so I read this poem trying to find some level of empathy uh, in what I fear the most. Uh, so this is called On the Supremacy of Living Things. Honestly, I was embarrassed for you when teachers said you weren't alive. How brutally inadequate, how hopelessly inert you seemed, juxtaposed against the cell and all her lusty enterprises. And you with nothing but a thin coat of lipids to your name. And you keeping vigil in the void. And you hiding your dagger like a coward. And you thinking transparent thoughts. And isn't it just like you to insert yourself where you're unwelcome? You won't get very far like that in life, my mother said. Honestly, I was angry at teacher when she said it. How easily she sliced the world up into kingdoms, orders, phyla. How easily she wrote you outside the circle and the dust pile with the prions and the other misfolded bits of life. And me with only one friend to my name. And me standing vigil in the schoolyard. And me hiding my passion like a coward. And me thinking transparent thoughts. And wasn't it just like me to stand at the circle's edge and laugh with the laughers, even though I was in pain? You won't get very far like that in life, my mother said. And technically, it is only because we are twisted differently. Honestly, at 15, what did I know of the frontier where life verges into something else? But I could see your heartmost thoughts encoded in a chain of acids the secrets you wanted to tell myself. I didn't think that something so determined could be dead. Teacher clarified that you were on the brink of living. And now there's not a single part of me that doesn't know your name. For something almost dead, you've done quite well. But is this what you wanted? You and your clones bursting forth and tearing through the walls of your containers? Or were you, like me, 
just trying to express yourself. Wow, thank you so much. That was great. Um, for something almost dead, you've done quite well. That's an amazing line. Um, sorry, I'm still adjusting to not having applause after every poem. So it's like, you, instead of getting applause, you all get to hear my voice. <laughs> it feels like, I don't know, I feel like that's not good enough, but I'm gonna try to adore you as much as possible. Uh, thank you so much, Tawanga. That was a fantastic poem. Uh, moving on to Morgan Boyle. How are you, Morgan? Are you I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Is that good? I can, yes. Okay, perfect, perfect. Hello, hello. Um, so I had trouble deciding what I wanted to read, but I decided to read kind of a silly poem that I wrote for my friend Haswell instead of all the quarantine poems that I've written, because I was like, let's All right, so um, this is Afak uh, or Disposable Pets. Hamsters as your first fleeting throwdown love. Hamsters reward for good graves. Hamsters wanting games of not yet beer pong at carnivals. Hamsters the result of your tears at the pet store. Hamsters screamed in public spaces. Hamsters the replacement for hamsters, the replacement for hamsters, the replacement for hamsters, or what it feels like to kill a living thing. Hamsters are, hey kid, explore what death means. Hamsters are still sometimes. Hamsters between the pages and the four-year-old's book in the attic. Hamsters bathing alone with the sound of honey I shrunk the kids. Hamsters float. Hamsters as solitary beings. Hamsters don't get lonely. Hamsters devour their siblings. Hamsters engage in cage fights to the death of a new friend purchased from the store. Hamsters down the throat of a family dog. Hamsters up the ass. Hamsters not up the ass about a cold when it was turtles. Hamsters on TV. Hamsters featured in Japanese anime series Hentaro. Hamsters featured in Japanese anime series Hentaro for their links in a way of happy meals. Hamsters shellacked as part of an art project on the religious 2010 drama Joan of Arcadia. Hamsters making me think of Joan of Arcadia in 2019. Hamsters keep coming. Hamsters $6.99 a pop. Hamsters life costs less than a burrito. Hamsters for your snake. Hamsters for your kid. Hamsters what the fucking difference. Hamsters in the wild. Hamsters nocturnal beings. Hamsters in the underground burrows. Hamsters living in Syria. Hamsters the exotic 1939 import. Hamsters the Wikipedia page. Hamsters or waking up to the sounds from the kitchen across plastic ball crashing into oven. Hamsters you forgot to put them to bed. Hamsters hanging from the skin between your thumb and pointer finger. Hamsters flying. Hamsters against the wall. Hamsters under the foot. Hamsters ending your argument in silence. Hamsters as silence. Hamsters silent in the paper bags carried by parents to the dumpsters of public parks. Hamsters underground buried in the crypts of your backyard. Hamsters dug up. Hamsters down the throat of the family dog cartoon. Hamsters as training wheels for the human condition. Hamsters as lessons in empathy. Hamsters as guilt. Hamsters the human creation. Hamsters thank you for your service. Hamsters laying down lives in the name of education. Hamsters, Christ, we never meant it to be like this. Hey, wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever read a poem about hamsters that was just <laughs> about hamsters. <laughs> I when I opened this, when you sent it to me, I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, uh, I wrote it for my friend. <laughs> yeah, excellent. 
funny. I just gave my students at Quinnipiac an assignment to write a, a list poem kind of like this. Not about hamsters, but, but who knows? Maybe <laughs> a poem about hamsters uh, or another animal. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Morgan. Moving on to Jesse Bailey, my former Broken Poet student. Are you with us, Jesse? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. You're a little quiet. I don't know if you're volume. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me now? How's that? Yeah, it sounds great, actually. Okay, how about... Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I wrote this uh, during the Blank Verse workshop, which I cannot recommend enough the next time it comes around. Looks like most stuff is sold out right now, but um, get yourself in those glasses. Thanks, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> This is titled Final Breakfast at the Diner. I ended up back at the diner and knew to make everything the same. Two farmhouse specials, a side of hash browns, two cups of coffee, black, the times folded, crossword puzzle up, and placed neatly at the center of the table with two blue pens. We'd memorized the shifts, each waiter's name. I caught the eyes of Anne stealing side glances. I didn't care. I simply gave the menu back and swallowed the pity. After she poured the coffee and snuck away, I perched it between my hands and searched the space in front of me. George used to say he hoped I might go first. Then he would be the one to shoulder absence. He would be the one to face a life devoid of morning smiles and evening love. But here I am adrift, my companions a familiar sliver of sunlight floating dust, the usual chatter. We used to laugh, make stories with their cluttered words. I took my time finishing the eggs, seeping up the last of the yolks with all the leftover hash. The fork in my hand felt heavy. I put it down. I folded and pressed the napkin and glanced across the table a final time at the steam curling from his mug, his perfectly arranged eggs, his worn pen. I filled a single crossword line, return, a way back. I walked to the door, slowly slipped into the river of New York. Time to move. I began to swim upstream. Oh, thank you. That poem seems to have taken on more, more resonance now. I don't know, were you aware of that? I mean, we workshopped that, I think, before uh, we went into quarantine but uh, yeah I was gonna say I didn't it has something new now that this happened it just, yeah. I wrote it before everything but right this also really makes me want uh, eggs and hash I have to say <laughs> not that I, I don't enjoy my wife's vegan cooking she's in the other room I think we're ordering a vegan pizza maybe some of you are also ordering food <laughs> thank you Jesse that was great. Good headset, by the way. I need to get one of those so that I feel like I'm like a Zoom PhD or something. Uh, we are on to Ree McBride. How are you, Ree? Are you with us? Hi. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me okay? I can, yes. Okay, thank you for putting this together. Hey, no problem. Um, this poem is called Angels. Who was Giotto thinking of when he painted those angels crying in the chapel? One might say God, but I think more likely an old love, or maybe he just missed his mother. 
Now I'm painting flowers because cemeteries don't feel right, but really they were always more about devotion than death anyway. An abundance of flowers placed on a gravestone, artificial and real, cherry blossoms raining in greenwood. I notice a candle still burning. New and tattered flags pierce the hard ground. I wish I had a place to visit my friend. I remember burning a cigarette in the obelisk. I remember feeling at home in a sunset park dive. I remember seeing M for the last time, but not knowing. When this is all over, I will stand on the Brooklyn Bridge like that guy from the cruise, quoting Henry Miller, feeling up the architecture like a mad lover. That's how I feel about New York too. I want to sink into a booth in the back of a dark bar, listening to what everyone has to say, holding an ice cold Heineken. But for now, there's ritual in drinking coffee and making the bed. Ritual and fantasy. What does it mean that I heard heartbeats two days in a row? I like the idea of angels just without the rest of it. Watching me, thinking about you, wondering if they will ever intervene. I'm not so worried about the isolation, but rather how far my mind will go until it's over. Thinking about how Eileen did everything with such style, but was always self-doubting too. In the absence of closeness to others, I'm befriending the changes in the sky, studying the littered sidewalks, nodding to strangers on stoops, feeling the sun come out to warm my face as I head so purposefully nowhere, still carrying around that fam familiar twinge and singing along to that song about how time has treated us well. Uh, thank you. Uh, Great poem, great reference to uh, Timothy Speed Levitch. Do you all know Timothy? Well, I'm asking everyone, but no one can answer except the panelists. But uh, the cult hero of this poem, uh, this documentary called The Cruise that she references right here. Great documentary about New York City. If you're missing New York City, even while living in New York City, I recommend it. Uh, I think it used to be on Netflix, but I don't think it is anymore. So you might have to pay for it now. But uh, he's sort of like an urban poet. Uh, it's one of the best movies about New York City that you can watch. Um, thank you, Re. I'm keeping an eye on my battery. <laughs> I'm realizing my battery started to get low. I might have to plug in soon. But uh, our next poet is Joanne Mazuela. How are you, Joanne? Hi, Jason. Can you hear me? I can. It's a little bit low. Okay. I'll get, maybe get a little closer. Okay, great. Uh, how's that? That sounds pretty good. Okay, cool. Uh, this is a poem um, about an event years ago about leaving school, um, going home, doing a lot of yoga. Um, it's called The Hot Room. One, Googling karma on my way to the studio. Some people are known fainters. They arrive prepared, a torrent of potions to head off the dark signs in advance of flashing empty. You've never seen so many ways to spike water. Raspberries suspended in ice, pretty pink international salts on sale at the desk. Paulita dissolves a recovery powder. Rich's CO2 gas cylinders catalyze bubbles. I listen for it. How I love the fizzling. The fizzled are my people. I don't make the rules. How I adopt every ritual drinking all the green things and the ice wear buys. How I soak in the chatter. Is she sleeping through the night yet? Has she started smiling? 
my baby sister's in college now too, but since I was sent home, am I the baby now? Taking a break from school is bad math. Undergraduate spook underfoot, busyness makes it easier for my parents to trust me. How their eyes hold on to a sunny picture of the before. Who knew failure could be so faultless? A heavy head sleeping, a catalog of lost days, a voice getting smaller and smaller. I'm only just starting to walk with my younger self. The door swings inward into a sweet eucalyptus stink. Strategy, I get. A top spin serve, a no-look pass. But the static arch of my own chest opening, ustrasana, is a cognitive leap. Hips aligned with the knees, drop the head straight back. Be where it hurts. Breathe in a tight spot. Feel the lack would take me years to metabolize as not only mechanical, the water crackles, the mirror fog. I ache to pin myself down to rest the X in me. Two, hello from the reception desk. Yes, this is the real deal, 105 degrees. Yes, I light the fire. Let me be precise. Who plays nice and is cutting it? Not the body, but the yoga is invincible. Have you ever been so obsessed with breath? The length of vertebrae in the spine, the mind's underlying hum. We all blink facing the mirror walls, muscle the crooks of brokenness. You are the eagle as well as the locust, scorpion as well as the corpse. Because so was I, the hot room is where you were born. I make no promises except that the mind will mutiny, the body will foul. What might have felt like you hit a groove in a funny bone, more like tending to a reckoning. Your gut's awash in the afterglow. The calm is radical. Craving for truth is normal. You ask how long until greatness. The body desires surprise, which then leads to freedom. Up front, I want to say, once I disappoint myself completely, my body is gullible. The same junk as you. All right. Thank you very much. That was great. Uh, I have successfully plugged in both of my computers. <laughs> so we don't. It would be amazing if the Optus died because my batteries died. Um, I like the form of this poem. It's in two parts. Um, our next reader is Harvey Sauce. How are you, Harvey? Are you with us? Can you hear me now? I can. You have a nice virtual background. Okay, yeah, I like it. Photo of uh, a long time ago cher uh, cherry blossom festival. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, the poem that's posted here uh, is an earlier version of the one I'm going to read. Uh, so I'm going to try and click over uh, so that I can see it on my computer. If I hope I won't lose you, but or you won't lose me, more to the point. Uh, so if you're following along with it, some of it's the same and some of it's not. Um, also, I just note that uh, I, I'm going to be hosting, uh, under Artful Dodgers Poetry, uh, a series of Zoom uh, virtual readings starting on this Saturday at 4 o'clock. I tried to put my, uh, my email address, which is just poetsauce.gmail, uh, in uh, the chat. So that if anybody wants to send me an email, I'll send them a link. I'm going to try and do it on a weekly basis until this thing is over anyway. So anyway, let me see if I can get to the, uh, to the poem. Okay. Uh, can you still hear me? 
hopefully see me? Yeah. Okay. This is called How We Say Goodbye in Times of Plague. You hold her apple up to his hurriedly carved tombstone. Your MacBook Pro with infinite resolution able to see and capture the soul rising, making a beeline for the collective consciousness. You zoom its formidable camera to capture his inscription, revealed earlier than tradition would have it, name, dates of birth and death for which you couldn't wait a year, beloved husband and father, what anyone who knew him already knew, how important he was to those bereaved souls who link up from a distance, and to you. You pan to a pair of grave diggers, masked and gloved, leaning on their shovels above your father's simple wooden box, waiting you out, waiting for you to finish, to toss a few clods in and say a few words. Yiskadal, the Yiskadash, Shemay, Rabal, having heard something like this almost hourly, with only the occasional diphthong to distinguish one corpse from another. Every one of them boxed lunches ready to go, somebody's father, sister, mother, brother, or as whispered about by the wind in a copse of sentinel oaks, mistress the wife won't miss. No paupers here, but no one percenters either, such as those entombed in Brooklyn's Greenwood Cemetery under ornate marble carapaces, with perpetual care inclusive of room service, wildly expensive mausoleums where a mismatched Sinatra, Leonard Bernstein co-headline eternity. The former, if there is any justice in the world, clutches a horse's head borrowed from the prop room of a Godfather movie. The diggers know that when you're done video conferencing his funeral, they can break for lunch, filling their bellies full as those holes they'll dig today. The cemetery grounds Swiss cheese with them. Contagion averse, stay at home, friends and family cry into their Manischewitz. You're hoping this broadcast won't kill you, having, as the diggers have done, put on nitro gloves, a sterilized perspective, abjuring, as Job did, self-distancing. Believing it a son's duty to mench the short straw, to challenge angels, mankind fallen upon us as never before, so absentee mourners might pay last respects. Schwitzing indoors, we see in you that man we never saw at your bar mitzvah. Saying goodbye with a graveside cottage, what little Hebrew you recall. Facing down a virus crueler than a death's head engraved by Durer. Sometimes it takes the worst of times to bring out the best in us. Okay, yes, let's hope so. Thank you for that, Harvey. Um, I'm gonna, I'm really getting sick of these little squiggly lines, so I'm gonna try quickly just convert this to a PDF. And, uh, we don't have to look at that anymore. So yeah, that wasn't so hard. Our next reader is Melody Chaikali. Are you with us, Melody? I'm here. Can you guys hear me? 
Yes. It's a, there's like a little dissonance. Okay. <laughs> um, so the poem is short and it's called uh, Time After Time. I stack my watch on top of every clock in my apartment. I want to collect minutes and build a pyramid of months locking in my memories like mummies. I want to be the wealthiest woman on earth, a bank account filled with and hours, times an infinity because that is what I have. Infinite time times another infinite. I am drowning in this ocean of occasions. I am made of a ticking time bomb, a couple of ticks away from being set off, sending splinters of seconds that will only create more time, keeping me rich even after I'm gone. Okay, very nice. Uh, that makes me miss karaoke because uh, one of my favorite <laughs> karaoke songs is time after time. Fun fact, uh, I would like to build a pyramid of months too. Uh, thank you very much, Melody. Where are you at right now in the city? I'm in Bedside. Okay, cool. That came in, there <laughs> was a weird delay there, but uh, uh, hello to Bedside. Uh, our next reader is Dennis Craddock McGuire. Are you with us, Dennis? Oh, yeah, I'm here, Jason. Can you hear me? I can. You got a great voice. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I just read. Yeah, this is your first time reading for us, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. This is called oh, Plumbing. You. This is called Plumbing the Depths of Ancient Spleen. Local yobs in free state new boots. A barefoot teenager shot by firing squad. Murder of red, wet ravens, no respite from the din. The revolver that finished him was sold to a vintner from near Ballyhonas. A house sacked by soldiers on Churchill orders with, with flasks of brandy and 303s. McMenamin died escaping the barracks. He fell out a window, having fallen down three flights in handcuffs. We got nothing out of O'Malley. We ran out of fingernails. Sure, it's all a bit of crack, a few bob for pints, and a new uniform like Mick Collins in the photo. Leinster House is a blast, and after the blast, Kennedy was in the priest's back garden and all over the side of the bus shelter. Above Khan Yunus, an Apache neutralized two Hamas terrorists. Aziz was 11, not too sure about his younger brother. We couldn't find his teeth or lower jaw. They were suspected of probably thinking about maybe throwing stones in all likelihood. This is dedicated to Charlie Flanagan, the Minister for Justice, Equality and Law Reform of the Republic of Ireland. Thanks. Thank you. That was fantastic. I feel like all poems are better with that accent. You think that's true too, Dennis? <laughs> anytime yeah. I, anytime I, I teach, I'm not putting it on either. I've often been accused of that. I can't speak any other way. <laughs> that's true. It's not an act. Um, anytime I teach Seamus Haney, I just feel like I'm not doing the poems justice when I read them out loud. And then I try to do it in my Irish accent and it's even worse. So let's hear it. Come on. <laughs> we really should not because it's being recorded. <laughs> um, okay. Our next reader is Eric Acevedo. How are you, Eric? 
Long time. Long time, brother. How are you? Yeah. I don't think I've seen you since uh, Ghetto Hors d'Oeuvres, that show we did together. That was like three or four years ago. Yes, 2016. And uh, yeah. I think it's almost to the date. Uh, yeah. 2016. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to do the 30 for 30 challenge. Um, and so I was driven the poem to read once again uh, by uh, Julia de Burgos, uh, Farewell at Welfare Island. And I try to put a humor to every everything that's going on. Uh, I'm a teacher, so my kids are my life. And not being home, it's just, it, it's very tormenting not to go to work and see my kids. Right? I don't mind some break because we need that. But So this is a farewell, I think not. Recuérdate tú mismo. Otherwise, you're going to be saying farewell, adios, and goodbye. You're falling apart. This ain't you. Get it together. Ponte your curling cream and make your curls proud to be on your big head. Make sure you put your signature button-down shirts every single day. Who the fuck do you think you are? You don't got coronavirus. Tu tiene pendejo aires y vago syndrome. Tu no tiene excusas to say adios. No eres Ricky Martin. Deja la mienda ya. Walk it like you talk it, como lo hacía antes de comer mierda, porque you knew that all eyes were on you. ¿Qué te pasa a ti? Empezarte vivir de nuevo. No te dejes morir, chico. How many fucking times I gotta tell you? Tú estás bien lindo, ¿viste? Te parece a mí when I was your age. La única cosa que yo era más guapo, pero... We don't have to talk about me because yo soy de lo tiempo de ante. Yo, yo hice mi vida. This ain't about me, mijo. Abuelo, cántame una de esas canciones que me cantaba antes. Only if you promise to fix yourself. Pues claro. Thank you so much, Eric. That was fantastic. Where are you at in the city right now? I'm in Borough Park. I'm staying with my grandmother. How's she doing? She's she doing pretty good. Yeah. All right. That's good to hear. Thank uh, you for asking. Great to hear your face again. It's great to hear your voice. Likewise. Uh, our next reader, uh, we heard from her during the workshop at the end. Give it up. <laughs> Just give it up. That's what I say when we're live. Uh, is Rita A. Simmons. How are you, Rita? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for everybody for being here. Can you hear me? <laughs> Yes. Okay. So this poem is called um, Nikos. Nikos had blonde hair that waved to one side and wide blue-gray eyes. He was thin and well-dressed, a world traveler, upper class, spoke five languages fluently, yet he sought my company, often inviting me to his off-campus apartment to watch TV, smoke cigarettes, and speak about art, music, religion, our dreams. He'd kiss me on each cheek, but never placed a hand on me. One day he stared at me for a long time in the dim lamplight of his room, and in little more than a whisper, you are so beautiful. Look at the line of your face. He traced his pinky along his jaw, your cheekbones, skin, eyes, lips. I was bracing myself for what had to come next. He threw up his arms in a rage. 
Why don't you lose weight? He stood up and stomped his feet. Why don't you lose weight? The adoring gaze gone, it was just as I'd thought. His desire for beauty could never settle on someone like me. Is he gay? A friend asked. Gay? I hardly knew what it meant. I was a country girl, sheltered, naive. I had no business being in the big city. Nikos disappeared for a while. I found a boyfriend I didn't love who thought he loved me. Nikos reappeared. He said he'd been sick and was staying with friends. We had lunch in the college cafeteria. Look at me, he said, pointing out red marks on his neck, a cold sore on his lip that wouldn't go away. I didn't know what to say. In those early days, no one did. Nikos disappeared again. It took me years to understand he was never coming back. I once saw him in a dream. You are so beautiful, he said. He sees me in another light, no longer dim. My heart is the weight I still offer for him. Wow, thank you, Rita. That was beautiful. Very complicated poem. Uh, great ending. Thank you. Uh, I welcome all of you poets that are reading. If you haven't looked at the chat, a lot of people are saying nice things in the chat. It might sound like you're just reading to silence and, and me, but you're not. <laughs> um, thank you, Rita. Thank you. Uh, we're on to Judy Schneier, our favorite salsa dancing poet. How are you, Judy? I'm good. Hi, Jason. Hi, everybody. Okay, um, and I can, can I move this thing down? Oh, do you, I can do it for you. Okay. <laughs> old lady dancing. Across the hall, I see that old girl dance. She slides around the room. Her paper skin contrasts her sequin dress. On top, her hair is sprayed in place. Below, her slippers gleam on narrow heels. Diamond bangles dangle from her ears. She dances with young men, the special one with slick black hair and shiny shoes, expertly tilts her sideways as they move. Classic backward twist, her face turns to make the line. It's challenging to find while executing steps and keeping time, but she looks effortless. Between two rosy nails, she lifts her silver skirt. The red is fake on fingers, cheeks, and head. But wait, she slowly rolls from toe to heel, is real. So is her fluid tilt and sway while triple stepping fast across the floor. The man is paid for sure, but must feel relief at his turn with her. Most ancient of these ladies, pushing 80, she presses floorboards down with perfect force while giving perfect pressure to his hand. She lifts while never reaching up and turns suspended in a languid glide, arriving there to face him just in time. A moment of eternity that spin when only whirling colors fill her eyes. Okay, very nice. Did you know you ended with a line of iambic pentameter? I was trying, you know, I, ever since I took your workshop, 
I write a lot in iambic pentameter, and then it gets kind of uh, not perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it works though. But it, it's there somewhere. Yeah. Do you miss dancing? Maybe that's a stupid question. I do miss dancing, but I've been, I've been, uh, well, I've been meeting up with a friend in Sunset Park, and we dance ten feet apart. So that's been my fix. I would love, I would love to see a video of that. <laughs> Um, hopefully we will all be dancing again soon. Thank you, Judy. You're welcome. It was wonderful. Um, Sharon Chin, are you with us? Sharon M. Chin, I should say. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so you got the fancy headset and everything. Okay. Uh, so thanks for having me. Uh, this poem is called Spring in Wartime 2020, um, and it's inspired by you know, my love of cherry blossoms and the experiences we're all going through now. And also takes as inspiration um, a poem called Spring in Wartime that was written in 1917 by Sarah Teasdale. Spring in Wartime 2020. The pink bud of a cherry blossom bursts into the end. <gasps> a sign of spring, a petal promise of continuity, a tiny bulwark against the world on fire. Oh, how can spring take heart to come to a world in grief, deep grief? We mourn a deluge of deaths from an enemy unseen, a virulent foe stealing livelihood and lives, wounding with ailments, anxiety, and grief. We ache for comforts from a now taboo embrace as we build battlements with distance and set an aid to a front line fighting on fuel merely spent. And still magnolias, multi-hued and fuchsia, magenta and white, magnificently and persistently unfurl. But what of all the lovers now, parted by death, gray death? Increasingly I wake with a clench in my throat and a tension and fear of names both known and unknown in the news. The sound of sirens, too frequent now, daily haunt me. And yet the bright dogwoods and daffodils give way to peonies, to tulips and all the nymphs of spring. As these creatures of renewal rise from seemingly barren branches, I am reminded that within the word emergency is emerged, and that even from crisis, beautiful things can be birthed. Hope, even in wartime, still springs. Okay, thank you, Sharon. Uh, certainly a great message. Dan, let's hear how you sound. Hey, how you doing? Better? Better, yeah. Okay. Why, why don't you say a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason, what's going on? Okay, that sounds pretty good. Okay. Uh, let's hear your poem again. Okay, I'm sorry about that. No problem. Um, let's, let's give this a go. I'll try to run through this. I think this is the time in the history of the Yop that we're going backwards. By the way, everyone, this is our seventh anniversary Yop. I didn't even say that at the beginning. With everything else going on, I completely forgot. Congratulations on your seventh annual anniversary, y'all. Yeah, we've been doing this since April 2013. Uh, but the first time, virtually, of course. All right, Dan, let's hear your poem again. Okay. Thanks for bearing with me on the sound issues. It's called Wealth. A while ago, I'd say church was a place you just hurt, standing shoulder to wounded shoulder, and sent off with the good news, like dandelion flores to the wind. Instead, I've found her setting up chairs in a rented room. We tie down our sadness, apply confessions from it until it pleaded for mercy. Those nights I saw the broken walk and the mute sing. 
Afterward, I call my mom to route some Hail Marys at anticipatory because I can't work my hands in a clasp anymore. It's not the prayers I believe in, I think, but the devotion behind them. Do the work, put the work in, work it till it hurts. It's so easy to lose the think, to lose the thing that keeps me true. Maybe I'll have my sadness tattooed across my knuckles, on my arms, put, um, put the work in, big block letters so everyone can see sadness drumming my fingers across the bar. Jason, can you go up a little bit? Um, thanks. The hurt written all over my skin, my ink knuckles shadow boxing in the, in the fading light, my fingers grasping. <laughs> I lost it. Um, sorry. All right, sorry. Um, my inked fingers shadow boxing in the fading light. Um, my fingers grasping an unearned wealth, paying off every debt I've ever made. Okay, thank you. I didn't sorry, the, the, the doc, the doc like zoomed in like two hundred percent at once. So you just bit the video problem on your phone. Wow. Oh man. I would say we should try again, but we might be. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Please go ahead. <laughs> That time, uh, I definitely enjoyed better. Uh, I, I could really hear it that time. It's the uh, Put the work in, working until it hurts. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. It's so easy to lose a thing that keeps me true. Uh, beautifully said. Seems like there's a little iambic in here, too. There's a little bit. There's been some iambic peeking <laughs> into the palms recently. <laughs> some iambic flirtation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, thank you, Dan. Let's uh, go back to the future. Kiara uh, DeLevo, how are you? Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Um, it's lovely to see you all and hear your words and participate in a workshop from my own tiny desk. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read you all a golden shovel which uh, is a form recently invented by terence hayes in honor of gwendolyn brooks um, and it means that the last lines of the poem are from another poem that i was obsessed with um, about 10 years ago and so in a more innocent time when everyone was posting uh their like 2010-2020 20, memes did everyone see that go around like here's where i was 10 years ago it made me think of this time in my life. And uh, now, um, as other people have said, I, I looked back at this and thought this has uh, a new and different meaning this spring. So this is called How to End a Decade. Newborn to adulthood, I had to take it one today at a time, one hour, one afternoon. I talked myself out the door with, I am going on an adventure in that falling summer light, made a mission of falling off my own maps, ignored the sense of falling fast from fixed points, the retreating trust in my potential, beginningness as worthy of love. The magnolias snagged me that year, soft and like me blown with such impatience, such desire for purpose and direction. They nodded as if to say, yes, this time was something I could leave, but first, it would make out of this raft of in-between days a floating island, a place that would go, but first would be its own kind of forever. 
Okay, beautiful. Thanks. Thank you so much for that. You've been doing a lot of good work in these forms lately. I remember your pantoum from last month. <laughs> Once you start, you can't stop. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is, this is good for us. Like every month you showcase a different form. <laughs> People want to learn the form by taking one of our workshops. So. Yes, it, this definitely came out of a, a workshop setting. Um, yeah. Did you? This is, came out of a workshop with us? Yeah, with, uh, with Patricia Spears-Jones. Hi, Jordan. Great Patricia Spears-Jones. Yeah, I got to hear so many Jordan Franklin poems in that <laughs> workshop. Yeah, you guys took that, that workshop. Was, right? I mean, yeah, we were in that workshop together. It was awesome. Uh, we will hear from Jordan later, pretty soon, actually. Uh, we are on to Preeti Shah. How Hi, are you? Jason. How are you? I'm good. Hey, how's everybody? Okay. I just wanted to start off by saying I was able to write this from um, a workshop with Brooklyn Poets, too. So thank you for that as well. Whose workshop was this? Uh, J.P. Howard. Oh, yeah. The great J.P. Howard. Yeah. She was here earlier. I don't know if she's still here. I don't know. Let me check. Anyway, I think she left. Mm. Uh, go for it, Preeti. Okay. Stay, Father. You taught the words that I say, Father. God raised the temple, so I pray, Father. I kissed the hand that taught me to stand, that broke a home to make a grave, Father. Mama spins her silk skin to weave her milk shroud. She hopes she'll die in after our late father. Grief carves and bleeds us black and blue. You're our ocean, you still make waves, Father. We wail unspoken, silent, with hearts broken like animals, learning they are prayed, Father. An eight sun drowns into pink horizon we accepted, no longer screaming. Stay, Father. Stay, Father. Wave, Father. Say, Father. Prayed, Father. Pray, Father. Pray, Father. Pray, Father. Grave, Father. Wow, thank you. I love that ending. Thank you. It almost gave me chills. That goes into a completely different register there uh so that's a guzzle yes or however you pronounce that word i'm sure i'm pronouncing it wrong guzzle guzzle people i feel like every poet says it a little bit differently how do you say that preeti guzzle <laughs> that's how i say it at least that's how i say it right now i feel like the last person i talked to i felt like it was the best authority on it so i'm gonna stick with that for now but uh beautiful poem uh, thank you very much. The great Arthur Russell, mic adjust. This is the first yop where you haven't adjusted a mic probably since like your first one. Just mine. I'm just turning my mute button on and off, on and off. Makes me feel involved. So this has been great. I'm so glad that we're all here the way we're here. And I wanted to, I know Ed's not on anymore, but I thought that was a wonderful workshop. I really enjoyed it. And um, this poem that I'm going to read came out of the workshop I just finished with uh, Gregory Crosby, which I highly recommend because the subject was strange. It was called The Uncanny Poem, uh, and it dipped into his love of monsters, sci-fi, movies, gothic, and everything weird and uncanny somehow derives from being unhomelike. And so uh, the whole idea of the workshop was to write in these different persona really or to write around them or to them 
And uh, the next to last one he did was uh, to um, ask us to write prose poems, something I'd never done before. And this is a prose poem. Uh, and uh, the idea was that it would go from the ordinary to something really strange. This one's called Warbler. I put down my book and opened the back door to hear the dawn chorus of birds. The book I'd been reading was poems by a woman with an eight pound horse heart beating in her chest. She wrote about her grief, something I find difficult to grasp. I do. I inquire of my worst behaviors. Are you my grief? Is this the form you've chosen? When she talks about her grief, it's like, wow, she knows her grief. I bet she wouldn't identify her father in the pine box at the funeral home by saying, yeah, that's him. His eyes had been covered with potsherds, one of which had fallen off. I'll bet she wouldn't resent when the funeral worker reached into the casket and replaced it. I bet she didn't pass judgment on him just because his suit didn't fit right or think how this whole goddamn funeral business was bullshit. I bet she just cried. And, and her grief poured out like that waterfall at Ithaca. I bet when someone loves her, she loves them right back. And when the two of them hold hands, she lets the kindness in their fingers run right up through her arm. Uh, thank you, Arthur. That was fantastic as usual. Oh, uh, wow. These are great. Uh, thank you. Our next reader, another Yawper of the Year. Arthur was a Yawper of the Year. Julia Knobloch, Julie Hartz. Where are you, Julie? Are you with Here us? Here I am. Here I am. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound great. Okay, good. That's because I've been doing a lot of Zooming. <laughs> Is Bill Livingston on? Goodbye. <laughs> Bill Livingston here? I don't know. Say that again, Arthur? Is Bill Livingston here? He, I think he was attending, but he was is not reading. He, in fact, Bill, along with Kiara, they both donated for another person. So I wanted to thank them for doing that. Thank you, Kiara. Thank you to Bill. Bill wanted to donate a spot to another person. So uh, he is not with us, but with us in spirit. Great, great. Um, my poem is called Flaneur in Queens, a Haibun. I took a little bit of liberty with the form. It should be a prose poem, but it's only partially a prose poem at the top. I leave my front door and turn right. A pink flowering tree only steps away. Who knew it was there? Would blossom now. It's 8.30 a.m., cool, bright, sunshine, 99th Street still in shadow. An SUV pulls into the oncoming lane to honk at another SUV. Ice cream bar boxes, white huskies, purple dog rain boot, a broken egg, three slices of mandarin orange. All roads lead to the boulevard, Queens Boulevard, with its sedimentary deposits of blackened chewing gum, broken glass, bottle tops. I cross the eight lanes of press and striving across Sanders, across Booth, the first purple crocuses of spring across Weatherall and Austin to the walking bridge over the LIRR. 
My fingers threaded through the chain link, a train comes thundering under me. I shake the fence to express my thrill. The driver waves. For Scythia, variegated holly, astroturf, Highlander, Santa Fe compass, an, em an empty aguardiente sin azucar bottle, the Dr. Dilip doctor and Mrs. Depica doctor, MD sign, appointments available. I return to the boulevard for my cortado and croissant. The business of New York crowds my view from the cafe with delivery trucks. My unknown neighbors trickle into the 67th Avenue subway entrance just outside. I retrace my steps to the pink flowering tree. First spring-like morning, Queens sparkles in sunlight, even litter shines. <laughs> so of course this was written before we all had to stay home all the time, but I am still taking the same walk. It's just not as busy anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're still gonna take a walk. Yeah, I still can, yeah. Another great ending, even litter shines. Um, really, it's, it's. I mean, again, the, one of the nice things about doing, I would much rather be meeting with you all in person, but it's really mm -hmm. nice to be able to see all the poems, to text on the page and what everyone is doing with their forms tonight. Uh, you really see the range of, of what everyone's doing, which is amazing. Um, I like that AstroTurf is in there. <laughs> Queens is a really wonderful kaleidoscope of bizarre stuff. <laughs> uh, um, okay, we are on to Bandito, our uh, reigning co-winner of Yacht Poem of the Year. How are you, Bandito? I'm doing well. Can you hear me? Yeah, Am yeah. There? Good. Sweet. So I guess the, the iPhone or the, the headphone mics really work. Everyone that's been using those sounds a lot better than everyone else. So I feel like I should start using those. Nice. Well, yeah. Well, this is awesome. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. I'm going to read uh, this weird poem I wrote called Animal Noise. <clears throat> People sad. Make animal noise. Sob like hippo. Wail like whale. Cry like fountain. Burn bridge. Burn journal. Drink Long Island iced tea. Eat pickle. Pop balloon. Pop pimple. Sing Hey Jude. Sing Behind Blue Eyes. Sing Hallelujah. Read Bible. Throw Bible in trash. Read Billie Eilish interview. Snort coke, go to movie, leave movie, go to bar, get in fight, weed an alley, pray to God, pray to blood, pray to alley, light lighter, pray to smoke. People lonely, invent city, invent language, invent social media, writes on it, post on it, get likes, think of first love, remember first breakup, remember first rebound, touch genital, make animal noise, take bath, miss mom, miss childhood, miss summer, drink bath, go to backyard, dig tunnel, use bucket, use shovel, use helmet, use lamp, Neighbor come, ask what's this? Say tunnel, neighbor shake head, neighbor go home, neighbor come back, now two shovel, now two people, two lamp, one tunnel, good neighbor, less lonely, people angry, make fist, buy gun, shoot ocean, buy horse, ride into desert, scream at sky, scream at sunset, scream at mountain, no echo, shoot at cloud, tiny hole, large echo, buy guitar, find friend, start band, scream at crowd, scream at sadness, yell ugly, buy meat, chew raw, Spit on crowd, wear black, wear a nose ring, laugh at pain, bang head, against head, against wall, against echo, make animal noise, smoke sig, smoke second sig, smoke hundred sig, shoot smoke, people afraid, hide in tunnel, call for help, no help, sing hallelujah, sing I'm not okay, write haiku in dirt, think of first love, sob at pain, bang head against tunnel, no way out, dig deeper, eat worm, eat roly poly, 
tell life's story to Ladybug, stare at moon, sob at stars, forget language, forget neighbor, forget echo, make animal noise, curl into ball, laugh at self, sleep alone, lifelong, many feelings, many songs, deep tunnel, wake up alone, wake up with language, remember love, call for help, neighbor come, bring rope, bring salad, have picnic on grass, grass green, sing hallelujah, sing build me up buttercup, go on walk, make animal noise, quack quack, take off pants, jump in lake, clean body, dry off in sun, stare up at cloud, see animal, hear song, feel beautiful, forget past, forget future, forget sig, remember now, new love, tear of joy, like a little boy, be happy, people happy. Okay, thank you, that was amazing. Sorry, I'm blurry now. I really did something stupid with my other computer, but you don't need to know that. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kyle. It's really cool to see your poems on the page. Uh, is this how you write all your poems with these little slash marks? Uh, no, that's just how I write a few of them. Okay. It seems uh, of a piece. Sorry, oh, what? We're trying to order food. <laughs> Uh, we are on to the, the wait list, I believe. Yes, with Jordan Franklin. Are you still with us, Jordan? Yep. Hi, everyone. All right. Hi. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm great. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. All right. Dive after Kendrick Lamar. Backstrokes for Carolina, where your old man broke bloodlines with shaking toe. Carolina, where his daddy drowned since, ruled home with knuckles and gun, who made him practice kissing with a cooling barrel, whom your dad escaped in jungles with army knife and rebel smoke. Gramps with his whiskeyed new swings in a chromosome. When alcohol lurks in a room, you close your throat for Gramps is in a cell somewhere, always thirsty. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Great. Um, okay, sorry, I'm still trying to figure out my technical difficulties. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Hey, Arthur. Bonnie, are you still with Great us? Great to see you. Great seeing you. Bonnie Belay, are you here or have you left? Okay, well, maybe we can come back to her. Uh, if you hear me, Bonnie, <laughs> I see your name in our panelist list, but I don't see your, your video. Uh, we will go on to Melanie Lee. Are you with us? Have we lost Melanie too? No, I'm here. Oh, there she is. There I am. Okay. All right. This is called the Red Geranium. She swore one day there would be a way to talk. Her daddy said, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. But she stood still on her feet in the sunset, sunlit living room. And when her grandma warned he would not be at home, that he had left, she went from room to room calling out. She tried one more time. She smacked the front door. She lay flat down and kicked kept staying in the kitchen and grandma and grandpa both watched without a word except that they were going to go and did his camel coat swishing 
she saw the brand new spaces of the world emerging. Her mother moved them to Manhattan. The new apartment breathed a lot of dark. A red geranium, a gift from church, sat on the stuck out kitchen shelf, kitchen shelf beside a sometime sunny window. She hated church. The ceiling meant no sky, but now she owned a red geranium until the shelf crumbled down. White dust, dry smells kept rising. No, no more geraniums. No, no getting another shelf. The plaster jagged edge stayed put. The super couldn't come to clean things up for days. And when her mother left, she peeked way down in case to see what lived. The leaves were torn, the stem and flowers lonely. Still, once more, she reached way down. She almost tipped over, brought the flower up. Its red was faded to pink, the stem a curve that had been straight. This was the one last look, an act she'd heard about. She did not want to throw it down with what she saw were centuries of dust and plaster crumbs. So let the blossom drop. Okay, thank you. Did you just double that poem in length after you sent us this text, Melanie? No, I just changed, nope. No, I did change two words, but it's huh. the same length. This is the document that we got from you. So I don't know what happened to the rest of the poem. <laughs> oh, geez, sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. I'm just sorry we couldn't see the rest of the text. It should have, I opened the PDF today and this is what printed out. Yeah, I know, so did I. This is, this is what I had. Anyway, uh, I thought you were just magically. <laughs> oh, I was improvising. You were just adding to the poem as, as you were reading. It's like amazing. No. no. Um, okay. Thank you, Melanie. No. Uh, sorry for all the technical difficulties, everyone. We have, I think, just two or three more. Our next reader is Marietta Brill, who you may remember from our Whitman Bicentennial Poetry Contest as uh, our first place winner in the adult category. How are you, Marietta? Hey. Okay, thanks. Hi, all. Thanks, Jason. Happy 7th. Um, this is an excerpt from a longer poem about COVID. It's called Dear Vector. When we touch visible and invisible parts of us spread between us, I hug you with hands straight from the sink, drops of foamy water soaking to your skin, a fading imprint. The dog licks the bedspread and tastes something you and I have left behind. We can't see it, and maybe he can't either. Skin, dust, microparticles, too small to measure even in the best light. Then he licks us and gives back our substances, plus others picked up in sidewalk crevices, tree walls. We are such innocent receptors. When we kissed, I felt I could see your roll-like yellow cells dotting the roof of my mouth, my tongue. But that's as far as my imagination went. And though I couldn't see it even in my mind's eye, I knew your virus traveled deep within me was now a part of me. I never did get sick. 
which has made me even more foolhardy about kissing. And there's another one that's in the series. Dear Vector, against what they call better judgment, I beg you, please come back from the boundary lands. The struts of me are shaky. I'm overgrown with spindle weeds. I'm a kit bag of loose threads. That doesn't sound welcoming, I know. But I promise you'll find my water silky and convivial as ever. We'll share yams and rice from separate bowls, circle the woods to visit the red buds now in bloom, emanating the scent of our unified field. Yes, I'm aware of the risk. My you-specific receptors at the base of my throat where my hungers reside are pulsating like crazy. Scientists call this intermolecular forces. Whoops, just lost myself. Uh, sorcerers tell me it's fate. I relive over and over the time I bit off and ate a shred of skin from your lower lip, persimmon fleckings and all. Maybe that's not true, so please hurry. My roads are empty. Any time is good, say six or nine or noon. Jason. No one, I can't, no one can, I think, am I, nod your head if you can't hear what Jason's saying and you're just hearing like this weird music. Jason is right. Okay, like folk type situation going, I don't know what's happening. Oh, okay, there we go. All right. Myself. Oh, okay. Anything this podcast is going to be amazing fun. It's going to be really good. Uh, okay. Hannah Ingram, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Um, all right, well, I'm just gonna read. Um, this piece was, this is written a long, like a, a long time ago, um, but it has <laughs> found new meaning lately. Red salt. It had no wings to fly from God. Henry V. Woke amidst the night-glazed leaves, cascading disastrously like flames making their dreams ends glow. Dim flickers pulled out of the dark, just enough light to step over the bones stretching across the carpet. I stretch myself into a sleeping pose, as if branches don't move like feathered webs across the surface of the dark like a secret skin. Last night I woke with my hand on the door. The moonlight was a kind of ringing, a pulsed correspondence, salt red through the curtain, toning and lapping in exchange with the shadows of the room, waking up the home of my body, making its way through the protective helix into the hollow chamber. Lantern room, lurid in the scattershot of stars, murder honey on my teeth. Nothing a person needs calls out. Moon set, and it's hard to tell what's moving. Body, bed, time, all broken and beloved, crumpled into the folds of the bed covers, folded into growling heat, looking for sleep in the curved spine, a vine of breath winding into my grip cage. Could it be the dream returns like this? The journey home is through the world. 
mute myself. Sorry, I had to mute myself again because uh, our food just arrived. And uh, I was saying <laughs> another great ending. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, beautiful poem. I love the message in the last line. Boy, I feel like as the night gets later, my technical capacity gets worse. <laughs> like scrolling on one computer, nothing is happening, and I'm realizing it's on the other computer. So uh, this is our last reader for tonight. Kayla Schwab, are you with us still? I am. I think this is the third or fourth time I've been the last person. Yeah. On the I was thinking that myself when I was putting together. You just seem to have a knack for the, the wait list. I guess. I just, um, I just flip in there. I'm glad because I read your poem ahead of time. I thought this would be a really great way to end tonight. So take it away. All right. All right. Um, before I read, I'm just going to plug and say I read this last week as part of uh, Mike Presenti's A Regular Yopper's um, virtual version of his series Flight, Flight Recorder, which the visual, the, the virtual version is called Flight Simulator. So He's doing a special birthday edition this Wednesday at 7. There's a Twitch stream, I think. So you can follow him at Flight Simulator on Twitter and Instagram. You should tune in, give him a shout for his birthday. He could not make it tonight, unfortunately. But uh, more exciting things coming this week. And Sweet Action's also doing a reading on Friday. Um, so we can share the details for that. Um, so yeah, lots of poetry happening this week. Um, so this poem is called Ode to a Bro Brooklyn Roof. Oh, bless the BQE, aorta of the outer boroughs. Its dulcet tones of sirens blown do pacify and satisfy the truest city dwellers, a rat race lullaby. Bless the cherry blossom tree outside my neighbor's stoop. From here, its petals look pallid and plastic, the magic of their fragrance fluttering down Fourth Avenue. And bless the mega millions billboard, numbers rising with every sun, thousands clinging to a chance, toxins of an empty promise polluting their perceptions. My next door neighbor, bless her too, and bless her lounge chair where she will recline for hours, soaking up the sun within the borders of her patio. Behind her patio in another lot, a man is killing soil, preparing for another year of regularly scheduled life planting his own plants, breathing his own air. From the roof, the lines blur between high and low, mine and yours, outside and indoors. Bridges and neighborhoods feel more familiar from a distance. It's a rarity in this city to define what's mine. A moment with a painting in an empty gallery, a Sunday brunch with friends. But in times like these, we see the disease innate in all of us, the compulsion to cling what brings us comfort. And when we discover our dependence on things, the panic rings loud and clear, and the idea of ownership becomes as nebulous as the systems that invented it in the first place. From the rooftop, I feel the haunting beauty of a city that's come to a stop, and wonder what would happen if, just for one day, we all took blankets to our roofs and patios, played on our backs, watching each cloud pass. Crafting stories from the shapes floating effortlessly in the sky, no destination in sight, just a cluster of molecules waiting to be changed again. Wow, thank you so much. That's a great way to end. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me miss uh, 
Brooklyn very much, even though I'm living here. Um, thank you, Kayla. Uh, thanks to all of you who are uh, sending all these nice things in the chat. Uh, I'm going to go back through the list uh, so we can prepare to vote. Again, the number to vote, I'm just going to put it in the chat one more time. 718-374-1953. Just text me there. Um, that was just Kayla Schwab that we just heard. Before that was Hannah Monet Ingram. Before that was Marietta Brill. Melanie Lee, sorry. <laughs> uh, we tried to hear from Bonnie Belay. We did not. Jordan E. Franklin. Kyle Seamus Brosnahan, also known as Bandito. Julie Hart, Arthur Russell. <coughs> Sorry. <I> <laughs> uh, Preeti Shah, Kiara DeLalo, Sharon M. Chin. <coughs> this is wonderful. God bless you. This is the best podcast ever. Uh, Judy Schneier, <laughs> Dan Varley, who we heard twice. Partly, <laughs> hopefully we got something on the audio. Um, Rita A. Simmons, uh, Eric Acevedo, Dennis Craddock McGuire, Melody Chaikali, uh, Harvey Sauce, Joanne Masuela, Ree McBride, Jesse Bailey, uh, Hamsters Palm, Morgan Boyle, uh, Tawanga Leslie, almost back to the beginning, Julia Knobloch, and Sebastian Bernard, <laughs> who I'm sure is asleep by now. If he's not, uh, uh, it's amazing. Um, again, the number to vote, I'll put it here one more time, 718-374-1953. I'm getting a bunch of votes right now. Just give me uh, the poet's name is the easiest way because I'm going to remember that much more quickly than the title. Um, again, if you would like to donate uh, more to 61 Locals, I'm going to share this screen once again. Uh, it is at gofundme.com slash F slash 61 Local Staff Relief Fund. Uh, it's going to be easier if you just look at your screen right now or just Google 61 Local uh, GoFundMe. I'm sure you will find it. Uh, a few announcements before we go. I know it's late and I need to eat dinner. Uh, our next YAP, this is our code of conduct, by the way. I was supposed to share that in the beginning. But you are all in such good behavior. I didn't need to share it. Uh, our next YAP is on May 11th. Uh, it will be led by uh, Jay Despande. Uh, Emily Blair has already nicely updated this page. Good job, Emily Blair. That's why we pay the big bucks. Uh, Jay, many of you have studied with Jay, who is uh, in California being a Stegner Fellow. Uh, so we thought this would be a nice opportunity to bring Jay into the classroom since we can do it virtually. So uh, he will be leading the YAP on May 11th, I'm sure giving a preview of the workshop he's planning to teach this summer, uh, which uh, he has not announced yet. So uh, I'm, sh I'm sure I'll find out about that pretty soon. Uh, we are going to continue to donate to 61 Locals GoFundMe, but also try to spread the donations around. The New York Times Neediest Cases Fund has a special relief campaign devoted to uh, COVID-19 relief. They're su supporting four different nonprofits. You see them on the YAP page right here. Feeding America, First Book, New York Community Trust, and World Central Kitchen. If you want to find out about those uh, organizations, you can Google them or just Google New York Times Neediest Cases Fund. 
Uh, we're going to continue with this $5 donation structure. Again, if you're a member and you've paid to get the free op, uh, it's totally cool. If you, if you, if you just want to take it for free, uh, I can refund your, your fee. You shouldn't feel weird about that or anything. Um, I know it's, it's tough for everyone out there. I don't know everyone's economic situation. Some people may have money to donate. Some people may not. Uh, if you are, wanting to donate for another person you can also do that again thank you to kiara and bill livingston for doing that you can just email me and i can give you uh, the email of somebody who um, might need a donation from somebody else um you can sign up right now for the next yop uh, we've already set up the webinar link so if you want to read for the open mic you didn't get to read tonight uh, i recommend signing up quickly because if you've done this before you know how quickly that advanced lineup fills uh, basically, we will construct the order of the lineup based on when I get everyone's registrations, which means you can't just sign up. You've got to register and pay in order to, to, to get on that open mic list. Um, we are uh, still hoping we can have our Hamptons retreat uh, when things get warmer and hopefully uh, we're able to come out of social distancing. Um, that registration period is open through the end of May and we are this is a registration page. Uh, we're about half full at this point. I recognize that everyone is not wanting to commit uh, huge dollars to travel plans right now. Perfectly understandable. Uh, but we are keeping these early registration prices that you see down here through the end of May. Uh, the fellowship period is over. Uh, if you wanted fellowship help, um, unfortunately, that period is over. But uh, we're keeping those early discounted prices. We may even extend registration past May 20th if it, if it seems like we're still not sure what's happening. The owners of the house uh, are being really flexible about it, which is great. So hopefully we will have the retreat. If not, uh, it's not the end of the world, of course. Uh, we will just try to do it again next year. Uh, our summer workshop registration uh, should open up at the end of April. So uh, we're putting that schedule together. So look for that the last week of April, probably on Tuesday. We will send out a newsletter about uh, early registration for summer workshops. Right now, our plan is to have all of those online, uh, either synchronously via Zoom or asynchronously uh, via wet ink. I know many of you have taken those workshops. If you don't know what synchronously and asynchronously mean, uh, just look it up. Synchronously means we're doing this together at the same time. Asynchronously means uh, you can do a class not at the same time. In other words, there's no Zoom component to that. Um, Again, vote for Poem of the Month, 718-374-1953. You're going to put it one more time on the chat. Uh, look for the after I go through all of this and edit out all of the, the terrible parts where I screwed up something or was muted. or uh, We'll try to make it sound as good as possible. Uh, be well, be safe, uh, be kind to others. Uh, tip people if you're ordering food. Uh, this is definitely a difficult time. I'm grateful for all of the caregivers out there, all the people that are risking their lives to uh, keep the world uh, working in the way that uh, we want it to. And hopefully we will come out of this uh, better people and a better country. Um, thank you for joining us uh, for this. Thank you to Ed Hirsch, uh, who is not here anymore, but uh, thanks to him in spirit for teaching this workshop. Thanks to Sebastian, who I'm sure is asleep. Thanks to my staff for helping out. This is the first time we've all done this. Thanks to all of you again for joining us and uh, good night. There you have it. 
the seventh anniversary Brooklyn Poets Yop for April 13th, 2020. Also the first virtual yop in our history. Uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully you got through all of that. Uh, I want to first thank my staff for pulling all of this together. Uh, we had a lot of training webinars just to figure out how to do this on Zoom. Uh, and uh, I think it came off pretty well. Thanks to my former teacher, Edward Hirsch, for really leading an amazing workshop, one of the best that we've had in the history of the Yop on Nazim Hikmet's poem, On Living. Thanks as well to longtime Brooklyn Poets Bridge editor, Sebastian Bernard, for joining us from Turkey to help us teach that poem and read during our open mic as well. Uh, we miss Sebastian, so it was great to be able to uh, be in a room with him virtually, so to speak. Congrats to Tawanga Leslie, I believe in only his second time reading for our open mic, for winning April Yacht Poem of the Month for his beautiful poem, On the Supremacy of Living Things. Tawanga has earned free admission to a future yop and a Brooklyn Poets tote bag and a spot in our 2020 Poem of the Year Smackdown, which hopefully will be live and in the flesh at the end of this year. Uh, we are really hoping for that. Our next yop comes your way again virtually on May 11th, 2020, featuring Stegner fellow Jay Deshbande, who, because we're doing it virtually, is able to join us all the way from California. Jay is leading an amazing new workshop for us this summer called The Harvest, which uh, will be focusing on gathering material from notebooks and uh, turning that material into poems. So I'm sure he'll be giving a little preview of that on May 11th. If you would like to join us for that yop, you need to sign up on our website at brooklynpoets.org. Go to the events tab in the menu, click on Yop, which is the first item in that menu. Sign up and then you will get a link via auto-reply email to register and pay for the webinar on Zoom. We're only asking for a $5 payment. Uh, this is actually a donation that will contribute to our fund that we are donating to longtime venue partner 61 Locals GoFundMe to support their staff during the pandemic, as well as the New York Times Neediest Cases Fund special relief campaign to support nonprofits providing assistance to those facing economic hardship right now. Those nonprofits include Feeding America, First Book, New York Community Trust, and World Central Kitchen. So our normal Yop fee is $10 for the workshop, $5 for the local mic. Uh, we are making just one flat $5 fee that we are using to donate to those in need during this time of crisis. Uh, we hope you can join us. We've already had 30 people sign up, so uh, don't wait too long because last time we almost sold all 100 seats. I think we, we got up to 97 and probably would have sold out if a few people hadn't tried to sign up at the exact same time. So that's only two weeks away. Uh, hopefully we will see you then. Until then, be well, be safe. Uh, if you are not on the front lines uh, as an essential worker, please stay home uh, to keep other people safe. Uh, we're not out of this yet. Thanks to all of our essential workers. Thank you, especially to our caregivers in the hospitals, taking care of all the people that are sick. Uh, we couldn't uh, do anything right now, really, without you. So uh, we are incredibly grateful for what you are doing. Uh, that is all. Thank you for listening once again, and we will see you virtually on May 11th.